Hey, what's going on? Greetings, good, good day, and welcome to Birds All Day, episode number 195, the final Birds All Day of 2018, uh, as forgettable a year as we could ever hope for. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, this is Birds All Day, where we do talk about your Toronto Blue Jays, and, and lo, we have much to discuss here at the end of December. Even though the, the hot stove has been uh, extinguished and never to be lit again, um, there are no signings, really, of which to note, uh, to discuss. Although that's not true. There's one signing that we will talk about. Not by the Blue Jays, of course, but it has Blue Jays ramifications. And now when I say we, I mean, of course, myself. And I mean uh, I mean uh, my friend and yours. Uh, I, I talk to him weekly, as always. Uh, old's reliable. Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm all right. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad you're all right. Yeah, me too. Are, are you ready? You ready for the holiday season? Yeah. I sure. Am. I am completely ready. Ready to not go to work or do work. <laughs> I'm always ready for that. I, I'm probably. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have much of a holiday going on this year, actually. So not not for work reasons. Just uh, eh, not much to do. It's cool. All that. Well, there you go. Can't complain. Yeah. Can't. Can't complain. We can't complain about the slow off season for the for the Toronto Blue Jays. Although there was a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of hope for the bored Blue Jays fan who also has lots of money. And that was this is like a minor, truly minor thing. They announced the what do they call it? The winter get together. The winter, the winter fest. fest. Winter fest. Winter yeah. fest lineup, and it has got lots of exciting names, both old and new. Roberto Alomar will be there. Jack Morris will be there. Aaron Sanchez will be there. Joe Biagini will be there. Ricky Romero will be there. I'm just picking names that I remember from the little list and the names. But actually, so there's... Oh, there's, uh, one, there's uh, one name you've forgotten. Uh, you're, no, you're right. There, Scott there Downs? There is one name. Scott Downs? Scott Downs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There is another name that I forgot. The most important name of all. Um, you know, the, it's, in some ways, it's shocking to see this name on this list, given everything that's going on. I'm, of course, talking about Julian Merriweather, that the <laughs> player to be named later in the Josh Donaldson trade, <laughs> who I don't believe has ever even thrown a pitch in the Blue Jays organization. How could he? He had Tommy John in, like, June. You show up, you get his autograph. You might have to wait in line behind uh, Jacob Wagsback. Well, he's probably going to uh, he's probably gonna have to sign him with his left hand. Oh, yeah. No, nah, he's okay I, I, I think now. by now, yeah, he's probably okay. Uh, Jason Fraser will be there, yeah, actually. Nice. Another the Sausage name King. See. The Sausage King. Uh, who was, have I told the story about the day that I saw him on King Street randomly? No. Well, I, 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 I've told this recently to somebody else. We were talking about athleticism. And how people who are truly great athletes have levels of athleticism in like everyday life that you'd never expect. So one day I was walking to the score when we worked there on at the old old place on King. And I was walking up and there was a guy standing on the corner and he was just kind of standing there. And there was a little kid and he's playing with his little kid. And I got close and I was like, man, that guy's got some fancy track pants on. That was the thing that I noticed was he had fancy track pants. And he was sort of standing with his legs a little bit further than, than shoulder width apart. And his little kid, presumably this child that belongs to this person, sort of ran over towards him. And as he was standing there with his legs, you know, a little bit wider than shoulder width apart, he bent down in a way that I could not believe that I, what I had just seen. He bent at the waist, like, like flipped 
over without moving his legs at all and like scooped this little kid up and picked him pick this child up in the air and i was like wow that was crazy i could never it, it was such a it's a small thing but it's just it's just a, <laughs> such a sheer act of athleticism and then i got two steps closer and i realized it was jason fraser and i was like oh yeah and i walked into the, into the office and went up to sit down but it was it was one of those moments where i was like i could never bend like that i could never have my upper body move completely autonomously from my bottom half with any kind of strength enough to lift up anything, a child, an apple, anything like that. <laughs> but he did it like it was nothing. And I was like, oh, that's how you teach your body or that's how you can extract 94 miles an hour from your fastball every day for 15 years. Like just being that flexible and that strong and that much core strength. It was just such a small, silly thing that I'll never, ever forget. It was just super cool to see that. And I gained a different kind of appreciation seeing him as an athlete in a very non-athletic situation, still being stupidly athletic. Um, so that's my Jason Fraser story. Very nice. Um, but the weird thing, the big thing uh, to me was that Vlad Jr. is going to be there. Now, uh, when, I, when face, I first face shot... The franchise has to be there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw this, I could not believe it. But then I didn't, you know, as time passed and the, the sober morning light shone in my face and I realized that there are other uh, prospects, other people who are not on the 40-man roster who have been invited, people from the organization. But, like, it's still super galling if I'm <laughs> like Career <laughs> Jr. It's like, oh, you're going to stick my face in the side of the stadium? You're going to drag me to Canada in January? You couldn't bring me up here in September, I guess. Heaven forbid. Um, but, you know... The game is a game, I guess. I mean, maybe maybe Vlad gets it. I mean, uh, and while, while we're on the subject, not not disputing that it's galling, but uh, and I'm not picking on. There was somebody who made this joke today, but I, I'm not picking on them because I see it all the time. It is I feel, and I'm mostly referring to people in my mentions. Probably about time to to retire the, the yeah, but he he needs work on his defense jokes. You know, yeah, that's every fair. time you every time you mention Vlad, it's like, oh, you know, every, it, it's you know, yeah, we get it. <laughs> they have a shitty pretext for uh, stealing a year of free agency from this kid. We get it. We should really focus on the the fact that because, ha, because Lord, think... Lord knows I would never run a joke into the ground. That's that's sort of heaven forbid. <laughs> The thing that we're, we're going to run out of, like this um, talking point around Vlad Guerrero is going to run its course in early April. And then when the next thing will be, when is it time to offer him an extension? I think. It'll be like, can you, when can they get his name on a contract that, that goes beyond the end of his free agency. Like how many, how soon will they try to buy up his free uh, one or two or three years of his free agency? Mm-hmm. The answer should be right now. They should be having those conversations with him. Like sign the deal. You could make the team out of spring training, like which is criminal re- realistically that they would, they're going to bribe him like that or well, that they will <laughs> wag that carrot in front of him. But I mean, they're going to call him up at his dad's massive compound in the Dominican and be like, Hey, Hey, young man, could we tempt you with, uh, with I don't know, $25 million guaranteed? I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, I assume he has his own home, but, 
I don't think that he ever did live with his father. If if you think back to that Bob Elliott TikTok on his the signing, they don't. I don't. But but your point is is well made, nonetheless. I I I don't think he has to worry. I I don't think that the the concerns, the pressures. I'm not sure that's a pressure point that is going to be effective for the Blue Jays to be like, well, we can give you financial security. you know, no, no thanks. Like, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, you, it's so absurd to be talking about someone turning their nose up at, at like guaranteed millions and millions of dollars. But, but also, you know, it's making a bet on himself, which, uh, you know, if he goes into free agency <laughs> at heading into his age 26 season or whatever the hell it's going to be, if, if they, if they extract as much of his, uh, his youth as they possibly can, uh, you know, it's it's going to be completely nuts what uh, what he could potentially get, and these are of course words that we could end up, you know, I could end up eating uh, many years down the line when if, if, you know when slash hopefully if not he uh, doesn't quite turn out to be what we think. But right now, you know, I don't know. Seems like a half decent bet to make on yourself if you're Vlad. I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get lots of money along the way. Uh, why give those incredibly valuable years away? I don't know. If I'm, it's so crazy. That this is the context in which we are able to speak about Vlad Guerrero Jr., who has not yet taken a big league at bat. But if I'm him, I'm watching what happens with Manny Machado and and Bryce Harper now, this winter. What did they end up with? And then I extrapolate forward. Or maybe you can't. Okay, so let me back up a bit. So there are not going to between now and then. I can't think of 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 a better parallel in terms of. The age and what will be the experience and the product, like you know, productivity, than like maybe what Bryce Harper is, right? Other than the fact that Bryce Harper is JD Drew <laughs> yeah, and our brains are broken. <laughs> I was gonna say JD fucking but like, Drew. Who else is has a chance that same chance to get to free agency at that age with that kind of profile? And like, just think of how good Vlad Guerrero Jr. has to be just to equal what Bryce Harper in particular, has produced in his career. He's played seven years in the big leagues. Um, To get to that level is astonishing, and yet will somehow also be a disappointment, not unlike Bryce Harper's career to date, if we're all being... (laughs) If if all of our J.D. Drews are on the table. Um, But I I like... Because I guess the other issue is what I I said I was going to back it up. Between now and then, there will be a new CBA. Between now and the time that Vlad Guerrero Jr. hits free agency... So either I'm not interested in signing anything and then losing, you know, if I'm Vlad Guerrero Jr., I have to wait, I guess, is what I'm sure. It's a lot my roundabout way of saying you can't, you're not going to sign anything tomorrow because God only knows what the state of the, the finances in the league are. If you're looking at a salary cap, you'll be fucking kicking yourself if, if you are heading into free agency in a capped league. Well, except that it basically is a capital league as it stands, but sure, sure, if there are more strict limitations. And you're right, the, mm-hmm. you know, I think the CBA is up after 2021, so, uh, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> if the union has any ability to do fucking anything except roll over, uh, I don't say this with, with glee, but there could be some real severe fucking labor strife between the, the owners and the players uh, when that happens to the point where, I mean, if I was the union, I would be like, 
Like, you know, 1994 was not uh, a shining moment in the history of the game, but they're not doing so great in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, reaping the benefit of their labor. So, uh, so maybe calmer heads than my, you know, uh, Twitter radicalized <laughs> left wing fucking nonsense uh, <laughs> will uh, will prevail among the millionaires of the union, and they'll find enough uh, young players and minor leaguers to throw under the bus to feel good about the deal that they end up getting. But uh, but yeah, it could things could change quite significantly. There could be you know there there should be uh, a real tough negotiation between the two sides that could really change the game. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that, you know, you want to be the guy who cashes in now on this side of it and not the not the one on the other. Like, look at the... Uh, you want to be Kevin Garnett. You want to be Kevin right. Garnett, the guy who signed this huge deal that was uh, a relic when they came back after that one labor stoppage. So he made more money than anybody for however many years. And now the guys, they're getting more money now in the NBA, in a capped league. But apples to oranges. Sure. Um, but let's not. We shouldn't dwell on this. This was this was not my intention to get into the <laughs> with the giant chase on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to an extension. But I can. That's where the mind wanders when they bring him up and parade him around their show pony in front of all of these gleeful um, uh, winter event folks. Oh. So it looks like it should be a lot of fun. There's a ton of names on that list. Roberto Alvar, Ricky Romero, Jason Fraser, Scott Downs. That'll be fun. Those guys will go and get drunk afterwards. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, we, when, we should keep talking about the payroll. So um, I, I, don't, I tend not to ingest a large amount of um, Blue Jays executive media. So I don't listen to Mark Shapiro every time he's interviewed or, or speak about or, you know, the payroll or whatever. But uh, he did a quick little stand-up interview at the announcement yesterday. Of course, they announced the new plans for Dunedin, uh, for the, the not spring training facility, um, which was one of the lines that, uh, that Mark Shapiro um, said. He said the, new, the big thing about the new facility is it's not just to prepare the team for spring training. It's to what – what, what were the words he used over and over again? He said it's to develop and – uh, something else and rehabilitate, you know, best in class in yeah. all of the sports world. That those were the very corporate speaky words that he used. But yeah, it, I mean, um, when he was on the with Brett and Blair, he called it like research and development was uh, was a big thing, and they're going to have an enormous new facility. Like if you look at, the, I tweeted a bit, and uh, in the piece of the Athletic, uh, Caitlin McGrath used a couple pictures that show the difference between. You know the site as it looks now, like on Google mm-hmm. Maps, as opposed to what it's what it's going to look like there. It, you know, it's the size of, of of a baseball field, maybe bigger. Is you know full of these uh, of the, the you know the, the workout rooms and the lab and the the, the mound with the with the force uh, technology and the and the you know the track man cameras and and you know they're mm-hmm. going to be they're going to be in there, uh, really ramping up what they can and. Uh, and, and doing that, that that's you know that's one side of it i don't know if your plan was to talk about that but also uh he said something different the words you were searching for i forget what he said specifically there but they reminded me of other times he's talked about the project where he's caught himself uh almost saying oh it's going to be the it's going to be the home of the toronto blue jays like he wants it to be their home base 
And, mm-hmm. of, and of course, you can't fucking say that. People will lose their fucking minds if you say that's the home of the Toronto Blue Jays. No, it's in Toronto. But uh, so he's, he, I've noticed him once, maybe twice, catch himself on saying that. Uh, and you know, kind of soften it, be like, you know, the winter home, the, the, the off-season home of the Jays. Uh, but no, he wants it to be the home of the Blue Jays. Like that is going to be their base of operations. I think basically. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely uh, said that as as in as many words. He wants everybody in the same place, right? He wants them all together doing uh, training and yeah. player development and rehabilitation. Those are the sort yeah. of buzzwords I, I, that I he centered on. But it I, makes I, sense. I don't think that's I don't think that's unusual. I think what's unusual is that the Jays didn't have them at the same place, right? They had the big leaguers at Grant Field or Florida Auto Exchange or whatever the hell they, they call it now, mm-hmm. and the minor leaguers were the minor league complex. I mean, every other team. Everybody's all in the same place, and, and, I, and the the Brunt and Blair podcast he talked about, you know, elaborated even more about the culture, and about how important it is, you know, right now that they they have a workout room that like twenty guys can go into. He's like, we want to have like, you know, we want to have the entire organization working out together, you know, be or you know, not having to go in stages and just and just sort of little details mm-hmm. that obviously things were, were you know very important, and, and in addition to the fact that I think you know during the. Uh, the event or the unveiling or whatever the hell it was this week uh, was talking about people learn, you know, there are studies which to my mind immediately, I'm like, these sound like they could be dubious studies, but there are studies where, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. in better schools with better books, you you feel better about yourself, you learn better, there are better outcomes that that come of of just having a a better environment and an environment where you feel a greater self-worth just by looking at the physical space around you and and uh, mm-hmm. and you know the, these are these are all details and I think this is sometimes this is a bit of a tangent but I mean where people are like where where is the renovation of the Rogers Center where is this where is this it's like there these are details that when you hear Shapiro speak about what's going on in Dunedin that are very clearly been have been really well thought out by the organization by those those guys at the top and aren't you know not just slapping them on but have really researched and and, and have crafted and created and thought through a space that they want to to have in order to maximize whatever they can get out of this facility so maybe that's why they the i mean i think obviously rogers and the, the, the funding is another uh issue of the 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 Rogers Center renovations, but this is a big project. Like this is something that they really, mm-hmm. really, really, really believe in. He spoke briefly about the Rogers Center renovations as well, and and spoke about you know updating the concourse on the one hundred and two hundred level, um, adding like another clubhouse thing. I don't know. I didn't. Once I once somebody said he described his their philosophy of every dollar you spend on the the non. Basically, what is it? What was it? Every dollar you spend on like the non-premium experience is a dollar that could have gone to the non-premium experience. Basically, <laughs> could have gone to the premium. Um, yeah. So, so he, he's, he's suggested that, but it, but he also said that it's like a really it's a long, long process to to do that and to, to update the stadium, which I don't I don't doubt at all. Uh, the, so the reason that I watch this video, I have to admit. Uh, so I watch. There's I have an app in my TV that I watch TSN. And they have little clips, right? The, the, the videos are kind of loaded up by sure. by sports vertical. And the baseball video uh, page is uh, baseball on TSN December, not a priority. So the last piece of last new piece of content that that was about Troy Tulowitzki's uh, release, which was I believe nine days ago when the, when they had last put a piece of video into that um, slider 
or whatever you call it. And then there was this new thing with Shapiro, and it says, the headline is, Shapiro, payroll will rise once Jays are on cusp of contention. And I was mad. I was like, oh, fuck him. I'm going <laughs> to listen to this, and I'm going to go off about it. And I was all ready, because they're all stealing. They're stealing. They're making so much money. Payroll. But So then I, I watched the video, and I was so ready to be angry about it, but I, I couldn't find the anger or the, the space to be angry about it because the headline is really, truly unfair, which isn't, you know, not anybody's fault. They did it, it, it did its job. It got me in and I watched this video and I listened to Mark Shapiro speak. And what he said was, I mean, there's a little bit of, 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 of duplicity. I think he says 2019, <laughs> we're kind of going to be where we were, where we were. The payroll is not really going to go down, which is because Mark Shapiro is not going to discount the money that they are giving Detroit Tulowitzki in his mind is payroll. The money that they're going to pay Russell Martin to play for somebody else this year is payroll. He's not, which is his, is his right, I suppose. It doesn't mean that I, as we have fans, need to accept that. But it's where it is. But he said something really interesting. That was because he said, when the team is on the cusp of contention, uh, will happen when the Blue Jays' core is to a place where they need to then supplement and build around it which is how good teams are built in 2018 and 2017. That's what you see with the Red Sox. It's what you see with the Dodgers. It's what you see with the Astros, which is not unfair. And that's, that's, that seems to be the model. That is the model from which, around which all teams are built now, to the point where I can't help but wonder if it, there are not maybe diminishing returns around that. Um, but it's also why they're putting so much money into development and, and building, you know, building the best internal baseball players they can build because you can't, you're never going to build a team. You're never going to develop nine, you know, nine guys who are your everyday players who are all you've built, you've drafted and developed them or signed them out of the, the international free agent pool. It's just never going to happen. So you, you have to, you have to hit eight. I don't think there's a magic number, but if I was looking at position players, I would say it's like four. If you have four strong, internally developed guys or guys that you traded and, and made them into your Mookie Betts, your Benintendi, your Jackie Bradley Jr., your Xander Bogarts, yeah. that's a pretty good number. I, I, think it's even, I think it's even lower than that. I would, fuck, I, I don't know if it was Eno wrote a piece about this, I think, uh, mm. I think this week, actually, about uh, about core, what, what we consider a core and what, and, you know, uh, what it means to have you know, young, controllable pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry, just uh, I, I, four, no, that, four, seven, four, four, four is too many. I think it was uh, even. I think it's a, a core can be a smaller number than that. Yeah, how many? Sometimes good, you right, on, on, right on the athletic. How many good? Uh, when is a team ready to compete? How many good uh, young players does a team need in order to compete? Interesting. Uh, we'll go uh, read that. I will. Yeah. But so, but so I, I wonder about the utility of that philosophy, especially if everybody's trying to do it. Now there are more than enough good baseball players to go around, and there's more than enough baseball knowledge between the thirty teams who are spending so much money on so many smart people. That sure they can they could be fastening their own army of orcs that are making five hundred thousand dollars a year, while somebody gives Vlad Guerrero Jr. a crazy contract when he's I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, it was just interesting to me that I was so ready to be offended by what he said, but I had a hard time. I had a hard time finding the ire other than the, the well, he said <laughs> in as many words, he said in as many words, the thing that I, I also agree with, too, is like, if the Blue Jays had an infinite budget, and say the Blue Jays, 
Like, is there a number that you think with what the pieces that Blue Jays have in place right now is Blue Jays said, you know what? Screw it. We are going to build a winner in 2019. What do you think that would cost them? <sighs> I mean, fuck. <laughs> the, Toronto can't look that unappealing next to fucking the White Sox and the Phillies if you're Manny Machado, right? I mean, if Jays threw enough money at him, uh, why, why the hell not? So uh, so there's a start. There, there, that's what? That's going to be 30. Uh, but that'll, that'll, well, bring, that'll give you five wins. So if you if you are the Blue Jays and you are roughly twenty wins behind the Yankees and the Red Sox, as it's maybe maybe a little bit less than yeah. that, but fifteen to twenty, you need fifteen to twenty wins. So if you have money is no no object to you. So you run out tomorrow and you sign Bryce Harper, you sign Manny Machado, you sign, da- sign Dallas Keuchel, you sign Craig Kimbrell. You're getting close, but you've also just invested one hundred and twenty million dollars in those four or five guys, yeah. four guys. Uh, which, you know, okay, but is that team is that team ready to compete? And that's just for is one. that team ready to compete with the Red Sox and the Yankees? Probably not. If you if Vlad is everything you hope him to be, if Manny Machado is your everyday shortstop, you're getting there. You're getting there. But also, you if haven't your three headed. <laughs> you haven't just spent 120. Million. I mean, you've spent it for that year, but you've also tied up a ton of payroll going forward too. Uh, yeah. To, for you know, years when perhaps you will want to, uh, you'll have convinced young Vlad to sign an extension, uh, which is mm-hmm. going to, to cramp things uh, even more. I think you know, uh, but that that's, well, then what that, if, that's that you know that's apologetics for Rogers and for the the team that is you know not not willing to just go and fucking spend. Which yeah, you know what. Do it. So I think I think in the end, if I could, I, I will quibble then with Mark Shapiro's <laughs> insistence that. So I think if the Blue Jays ran a payroll in the neighborhood of three hundred million dollars <laughs> in twenty nineteen, they could compete for the World Series. Sorry, they could compete for the American League Wild Card <laughs> <laughs> because that is the steep climb that they're staring at now, just to catch the two teams in their division. Not even in baseball, in their division that are better than they are and also better than almost everybody else. That's tough. And it, and, and so maybe knowing that is the, the Herculean task before you, maybe your buff, you know, your Eno's number of core players number needs to get goosed a little bit in the American League. It needs a little <laughs> bit more of a, of a, of a, of a, of a infusion of a couple extra bodies here and there. But uh, I think, yeah, so I think, Marcus Shapiro, you're full of it. 300 million bucks. Get it done. <laughs> and, I mean, sort of to, to go with what you were saying before, I mean, I, I uh, noticed last night, uh, he mentions, you know, but uh, Kyle Boddy, the, uh, uh, the driveline guy, who actually, mm-hmm. who actually Shapiro referenced in somebody's piece. I don't know if it was John Lance or if it was, uh, or if it was Shai Davides, but uh, uh, I was looking at this yesterday at some point where he was talking about, uh, the difficulties, and it was about the the idea of having the the, the team there year round. He was talking about Dunedin, and, and it could have been Caitlin McGrath's piece as well. I don't know, or Ben Nicholson Smith. Who knows? I read a bunch of things about the the same uh, the same event. Uh, but he was talking about how you know wanting Dunedin to be a base for the Jays. I mean, obviously they've got a twenty five year lease. They've got this huge commitment. They've got this great facility. Wanting players mm-hmm. to move there, wanting it to be uh, year round thing. And part of it he was talking about and was sort of. Uh, not saying 
the words Josh Donaldson, but you think about maybe the words Josh Donaldson about how you know there there are so many external voices in terms of uh, training and rehabilitation and nutrition and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and he said, you know, there are good like you know there are good ones and. Kyle was one that Shapiro mentioned by name as, you know, one of the guys who does it well. And, and, and his concern, and so he said, was when guys are out there working with people who are maybe not as good. Uh, and that would be why it's his preference to create as a state-of-the-art facility for them uh, to do that. I mean, now the Jays aren't – they're paying a bit of that, but they're not really – you know, the, the, the taxpayer, as we mentioned last week, or, and as obviously you know, the taxpayers of Florida are – doing that but anyway Kyle's tweet was was uh you know just on this sort of basic subject too he says if you compare the salaries of an entire player development staff from the coaches to sports scientists to cooks to video analysts and then you look at how much a like free agent war costs like what a, what a win costs on the free agent market mm-hmm. uh you know uh, it's a no-brainer to be investing heavily into this player development and the player development side and to to try to extract as much value out of that because you could get so much value out of you know those players in their you know in their are pre-arm years uh if you have this the, the proper apparatus to identify them to help them to to guide them to make them as good as they possibly can be and so you know this isn't the sort of baking in ex- future excuses for low blue jays payroll or anything like that but i mean i'm, I'm pretty okay seeing those dollars get in, invested into stuff like that uh, especially when it's <laughs> the taxpayers of Florida, uh, but I, I mean, I think it seems like like that's obviously a trend. That's obviously the way that the the industry is going. Uh, mm. But but it is a you know it's a, it's an interesting thought, and it's I think smart of the Blue Jays to try to be uh, on the cutting edge of that. And even uh, I think you know just from what Shapiro was talking about about how they have made the the, the space uh, adaptable, so that as changes in Technology come as changes in workout equipment come. They they tried to make the physical space able to uh, to be changed and to and, and to uh, to serve different purposes as you know the game evolves and as that sort of stuff evolves. Which is you know I don't know. To me, I if, if they're going to have a year like this rather than put their the three hundred million. I mean, not that it fucking matters to me who's you know the, what who spends what. And I, they could do both. I mean, Rogers. Uh, has more than enough money, and the uh, the TV property I think is probably worth more than enough for them to, to do both. But uh, but yeah, it seems it seems pretty smart to be uh, out there uh, preparing the future for uh, the players, preparing yourselves to produce the Blue Jays of the future, and, and investing in all this player development stuff that was just sort of not off the radar entirely. For mm-hmm. uh, for a long time, but is very much becoming uh, on the radar. Not just here because of the difference between, you know, previous regime and this one, but just I mean the industry is uh, is moving that way in a in a very hard way. I think, obviously, it'll be. I think it's a tough balance, uh, active balance, and it will be even more so going forward um, because a lot of players. Well, it's not a new phenomenon that the the players of today have these personal trainers or personal pitching coaches from the, from a very young age mm-hmm. and the kind of uh, person who has a intimate relationship with the families or has been with these guys for a very long time it's hard to turn off the you know li- listening to that or ignoring that kind of input whatever it might be um, but then the other side so number one being able to have like a big tent and make it available make you know 
making the players comfortable, making the families comfortable, make, letting them know it's not going to be a rigid one way. You know, we have these sort of uh, our, our factory swing and everyone, you know, will come through and all look the same, uh, which we saw with the whole big, the Bo Bichette thing when they drafted him. They uh-huh. said, you know, we're, we'll let you do your thing, let you have your swing. We're not going to try to fit you into our box, which is uh, is encouraging, But and, and I'm hopeful that the new approach, and as they, again, as they start to splash all this money around and make it a place that people want to come, make make it a place that, that free agents or young players or whomever it is that has the option to choose, they are, um, you know, va- seeing value in that for their own career as well as, as a as a within the organization that then is invested in them. Um, the other side of that is like these, the real fly-by-night sort of grifter types. Uh, I think back to that, uh, the Tom Brady story, right? The Tom Brady right. story from last Jesus, year, but that, yeah. that scumbag that uh, attached himself to Brady <laughs> and just had him convinced that he couldn't eat strawberries or some shit. Uh, and then just how, you know, Brady is such a larger-than-life presence in his organization that it became like a, him versus the the org and uh i don't know i don't know what the it, it's hard to judge the outcome of that obviously when they didn't win the the super bowl that became the big the big issue but it's football it's that the microscope's microscope is looking at those sorts of things but uh you hate to see that or you hate to see these these guys get uh get scammed by some you know opportunistic person who's selling their own brand and and it, i i'm that Kyle Bodio he there's something about his um, it's really, he doesn't mince words, which I do admire, but there's always like, there's always something like I always get the, he's cause he's always selling something, right? He's selling his driveline yeah, all the time of course, yeah. and everything that he does. So I can't, I have a hard time divorcing that from, from anything that he says. Cause, cause I realize I recognize him as a very slick or a very like, smooth operator in that way he's always selling driveline even when he's not selling driveline and 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 it's just sort of in it when i read anything that he writes or his tweets or anything it always informs my opinion of him which is probably not fair uh, because they do have a lot of successes and a lot and when people like mark shapiro who know are saying he's one of the good ones well then i'm should probably sit up pay attention a little bit more right yeah i Keeping guess the, so I'm, just, I'm sitting here thinking i'm like i don't know i never really I really had that much of a thought about him, but yeah, sure, that all makes sense. There's just he just his vibe is 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 to me is that, and and you know what? One of the reasons I think about that is because I know that he when he was getting driveline going, he supported himself playing poker, so I know the type. <laughs> <laughs> of course, okay, it all um, makes sense now. Yeah. Moving on to uh, something more tangentially related to the Blue Jays on-field product. Uh, We've spoken quite a few times, you and I, about the chances of the Blue Jays perhaps trading Justin Smoke, and in doing so, trading him to the Colorado Rockies. The Rockies have had just abysmal production from their first base, uh, first base men over the last few years. They signed Ian Desmond, and somehow that didn't work. Um, but so today, they did not trade for Justin Smoke. They signed Daniel Murphy to a two-year contract to play for <laughs> yeah. the Colorado Rockies, yeah. which you know the belief is that he will play first base, um, which is all well and good, except that it's the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> We're yeah yeah the Rockies are just full of bad ideas, but uh, that is not a great one. 
Like, Daniel Murphy's a really good player most of the time. But he played 91 games last year. Uh, maybe I'm being overly, overly cr- critical of his track record for health. Um, but, like, he only played 91 games last year. He has His knee injuries seem not insignificant. Or that, or just his 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 general health is not. I don't regard it as well because he's an older player now. He is. Uh, oh God, he's an older player. He's thirty three. <laughs> he's entering his age thirty three season. But uh, the fact that he's hurt often and he's going to play in Colorado to me is a terrible mix. It's really just not a good combination because Colorado is guys get hurt there all the time. It's playing at altitude is. More challenging for your body. There's not really any other way to get around it. It has a market increase in soft tissue injuries. So I don't love that signing with for the Rockies because I feel like they could have done way better by A, trying to trade for Justin Smoke, or B, of course, signing Bryce Harper. Signing Bryce Harper would have fixed all their problems. Yeah, but and also, yeah. And also, those fucking big dogs. Just so many, so, so many. Yeah. So many J.D. Drew home runs into the mountains, I could not even wait. Um, so, yeah, that's basically that's the, that's the thing that we're going to say at this point is no Justin Smoke to Colorado. So that's one name off the list. Not that, not that I, I mean, I'm not trying to rush him out the door, but he has value, probably. Yeah. Yeah, the marginal I mean, value of, like, the, the sorry, I, I the lack like, of value in Justin Smoke is becoming more and more apparent day by day. Like what, like what you get for Sung Wan Oh. You got uh, Forrest Wall and, uh, and uh, uh, a, a low A home run hitting uh, first baseman kind of guy, Spanberger. Do mm-hmm. um, you get more for Justin Smoke than that? So Justin Smoke we're suggesting then that smoke has similar value to like a seventh inning reliever. I'm just asking. Well, it was, it's a seventh inning reliever who was pitching very well. Uh, he get, was a very good pitcher. You get him for an extra year. He had that uh, mm-hmm. a, a tasty little option. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know if he would get more than that. I mean, that's kind of when we talk about Justin smoke trades and people start, you know, nobody really says what they, what you could, potentially get back, but uh, my mind goes to the, you know, the Santiago Espinals and the the the, the, the Forest Walls or whatever the fuck its name was uh, mm-hmm. of the world because that's, I mean, that's what the market was for oh, and was for Steve Pierce last year and I know that, that you know, I think smoke, smoke offers more and more certainty obviously switch hitter and, you know, we know who Justin Smoke is uh, but yeah, I don't know I don't think the market's real great for those kind of guys and so like, you, you know that's why I don't think they're pushing him out the door either. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think that there's probably there's probably not a lot of. I mean, if why would you give up players for smoke when you can sign any number of guys who are maybe not quite as good, but guys you could just cycle through. Yeah, you could sign Lomo to a one year deal, and if it doesn't work out, you cut him. You could sign. You could have signed CJ Crone to play the position that you have like three guys to play. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you don't have to give up any damn, you know, any prospects, uh, or even the shitty garbage prospects that are like the ass end of your top twenty. <laughs> They're keeping a, a 
seat warm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like, Kevin, you know, Pilar might have a little more value than that, but I don't know. Mm. I, the, the idea of smoke and Pilar to Colorado may, may have made some more sense before they, they went and, and ruined that. Well, it will surely blow up in their face. No, nah, maybe not. I don't know. Colorado made the playoffs last year, sort of. Yeah. They didn't, they, did. they didn't not make the playoffs. Correct. What a wild, uh, what a wild end of the season! And the other thing I, I was going to briefly talk about was uh, Andrew Miller. Oh yes, He's going to sign with the Cardinals. <laughs> just, uh, just, just to make a Brett Cecil joke. No, I did that. <laughs> oh, I saw. Poor yeah. Brett Cecil. He has not pitched well in in St. Louis. No, he has not pitched well at all. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Andrew Miller pitches. I have a, I have a sinking suspicion. I don't know that anybody had any terms right now. I know that he was. He wanted a third year and was having a hard time getting it, apparently. That's what I think Jeff Passan said, passive. The idea of the bullpenning and bringing these guys in whenever you can and, and working, especially in the playoffs, really working your these relievers, really leveraging them a lot or using them a lot, I think it's going to shorten a lot of careers by a lot. Am I, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, these. I mean, whether it's that, whether it's just how fucking hard guys throw now, and uh, what it mm-hmm. is, but uh, when you put them on a put them on a pitch clock, it's going to make it even worse. But yeah, I think that they're uh, that doesn't that that would not surprise me if that was an effect of uh, of, of the continued you know usage of, of relievers going the way that it has in the last couple of years. Interesting that you mentioned the pitch clock. So Eno Saris, your uh, colleague. He was on Twitter today talking about his three fixes, three ways that he would like to see the um, see the game, the pace of play improve. Um, not that he, I think he's kind of qualified at saying, like, well, I don't think that the game is too slow, but if we are going to do it, let's do it this way. And he said the pitch clock, which is kind of almost runs counter to what some people, you know, what the current thinking is, uh, People you just mentioned, you don't want to see the pitch clock. Um, there's a belief, Mike, Dr. Mike Sohn, who is a, you know, everyone who listens to this knows. Sohn? Son? I honestly anyway. don't, don't know how to pronounce it properly. I've never Mike. asked. Mike. He's yeah. a doctor. He earned that title, but I'm going to call him Mike. Uh, <laughs> he, basically, the pitch, people now, between pitches, pitchers take as much time as they can so they can throw as hard as they can. Now, that throwing as hard as it can is could be in fact the cause of so many of these injuries so maybe if there's a pitch clock they're not able to get as much rest so they're not able to go max out on every pitch ergo fewer pitchers get hurt his next idea was about keeping the batters in the box and what was the third one i don't remember oh it but, was a uh, strike uh, strike zone changing the zone oh yeah raise the zone i did see raise the, the zone tweets yeah and then, so did you see who who replied and kind of took exception? Not exception, but he 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 had opinions on it. I did was not. Uh, for Brandon Morrow <laughs> of all people, <laughs> who like never tweets, uh, or rarely tweets. He only tweets to roast Brett Laurie from from what I can see. <laughs> uh, that or that's what he uses Instagram for. Um, yeah. But he he you know. It, one of Eno's you know, things was like raise the zone because at the bottom of the zone all you get there are whiffs and ground balls and Brandon Morrow was like that's the point that's why we throw him down there 
But the other thing he said that was interesting, because Mino said, get the batters in the box, because a lot of the batters are slow, and the batters slow the game down too. And Brandon Morrow did not agree with that. He was like, I can only think of, his tweet was, I can only think of like a handful of guys I've ever had to wait for. He's like, it's, it's a non-issue. So that's interesting to hear huh. from, from somebody like that. Now, Brandon Morrow, I don't, I don't recall him being the fastest worker. I don't have his, no, his, uh, don't his so. pace numbers in front of me. But uh, I assume him to be a pretty slow worker just because it's just seems on brand for Brandon Morrow to work really slow and then get hurt. Oh, son, poor son of a bitch. Yeah. Poor son. I should be super. He got paid. He got 21 million bucks. Yeah, that's he did not well bad. for himself. That's not bad. And the, he, that, the Blue Jays gave him that nice little contract too. Um, FYI, I am so perf- like so hopelessly in the tank for Brandon Morrow that he could do no wrong whatsoever in my eyes. So if he says it, word of God, I'm like, well, Brandon Morrow said. So um, he reads uh, books. So we're running. True, he reads books. Do you believe it? He does. Cr- does crosswords too. He was one of those guys. <laughs> you know who else used to do crosswords? Apparently in the clubhouse, uh, Twins manager Rocco Baldelli. He was a New York New York Times crossword doer in the clubhouse. <laughs> I was going to say chief. No, I guess probably not. No, not so much. Uh, as opposed to, uh, I've mentioned many times, Nolan Arenado, who I saw reading the chive on his phone, uh, <laughs> which is different than doing the New, <laughs> the New York Times crossword. Uh, so it's the last show of the year, and I thought about maybe we would save this for a super bad. We're already, we're already over 45 minutes, but you know what? Forget it. That's not, it's, more, it's fun. We're going to embarrass ourselves now. Oh, so no. we're going to do All the right. quiz. Okay. So we'll do a truncated version of the of the quiz. We're going to, and now to be fair, I wrote down these questions and I have not researched the answers. I have not looked at the answers. So I'm going to ask you the first one. Okay. You, you, uh, you, you know, go I'm, first I'm on su- this one. I'm supposed to be watching this team, so this is going to expose but this, me as the fraud that I am. This is less of a watching the team. Like the, 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 these questions are purposely a, a, not unfair, but it's going to be difficult to get the answers to some of these questions because it's they're a little bit random, varia as they may as you. It might will hear. also be difficult because who could fucking possibly have watched the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays? It was a slog. It was not a fun season. If I was giving them report cards, I'll tell you who I would give bad ones to and who would give good ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the question I'm going to ask you, and then so I'll ask you, and then I will see if I can fill in the blanks for any of the any any of these uh, that you may miss. Sure. I don't think that I will be able to. And then we'll look at the answer. So the first question I have for you, Andrew Stoughton, uh-huh. is can you, how many members of the home opener lineup Ooh. can you name? So the home opener was, in fact, opening day. Yeah. It was at home against the Yankees. It sure was. And they lost that game. And Jacques Halestatin hit two home runs. Yeah. And that is about all I remember. He hit two home runs off of Tyler Clippert. One of them off Tyler Clippert that I absolutely called before it happened. I was like, this does not end well. And then he hit a bomb to the opposite field second deck. Um, But anyway, that's not the important part other than Tyler Clippert, who played in the game, not started. Right. He later that happened later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're asking a question about a game I clearly did watch. Uh, you were there watching it. We were there together. Was, so that's was, what, one reason grim. I did. We were we were getting like 
like we did a the chat beforehand and we we're just talking about Tulo falling apart and all these all these negative things and like just the, the people who were like who are these assholes with microphones <laughs> like while we're trying to to play fucking you know stupid adult day uh, Chuck E. Cheese kind of games uh, they did not care for it from what, uh, some of them from what I under, uh, understand or from what I remember. Um, but okay, they were what? fine. Yeah, they're fine. We we the one we guy tried to heckle. And we, we weren't wrong. Up. We weren't wrong. No, we weren't wrong. All right, so let let's go. So how many members? You can either go by position or or by batting order. We'll see how we do. Sure, 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 sure. Well, we know Josh Donaldson was there because his arm strength terrified all of us. And really, That's true. Really set the tone for the whole season. Uh, Smoke and Morales were were there. Uh, so, so Morales was the DH. I would assume Morales was the DH. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Russell Martin, obviously. Kevin Pillar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Ooh, I think Grichik was there. I think Grichik was in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Let's see. No, you keep going. Sure. Uh, I would. I mean, I would guess Devin Travis was uh, was at second base. Uh, Aledmus Diaz obviously would have been at short. Um, and then left field would not have been uh, would not have been Teoscar. He came later, so uh, I can't remember if Steve Pierce was uh, was healthy at that point. That's that's usually a, usually one to to bet the under on that. Um, <laughs> uh, so who the fuck would have played left field? Uh, Jay Happ started. I'm I'm confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I say J A? Clearly, it's J. Um, you didn't say J A. You did not. And then uh, that's that's pretty much everybody with the left fielder, right? Yeah, you've actually got them all right so is it, far. Is it? Uh, I'm trying to think. Was it Pierce? I don't need a hint. I'll just say Pierce, Pierce. did play in the game, huh? But not. Start. But he did not start. The one and I. This was my guess, and now I've checked, and it is correct. The last one playing left field was Curtis Granderson. Oh fuck! Of course, yeah. So interestingly about this, Devin Travis led off. Granderson hit cleanup, <laughs> and the season went poorly. You say? He's <laughs> fine. Love and, Curtis uh, and Kevin Pillar hit a home run off Dylan Batances, which I forgot as well. And the Blue Jays lost six one. That run, that home run above Kevin Pillar's, was the only run that they got. They had, the Blue Jays had two hits that day, as uh, as we now look back. The other one was uh, was uh, Curtis Granderson. <laughs> Curtis Granderson and and Kevin Pillar the only hits. So the next question. So you did very well there. You should be proud of yourself. That was pretty easy, but okay, sure. I'll be Granderson won. Was it pretty? Uh, I guess the home opener. Should have got um, Granderson, but okay. So this one is much more of a shot in the dark. Okay. And I, and I think it's, it will be more of a shocking, maybe more shocking. Uh, which one? Upon what day did Russell Martin play the his last game <laughs> of the season? Wow. Oh, I. I mean. <laughs> it's it, it, you're it's laughing, way you're laughing, way earlier than you think. 
your laughter suggests it may not even have been in September. Uh, it was in September. It was in September? It was. Okay. Okay, that's good. But yeah, I wouldn't... I mean, he did not play at all. It was like, let's go with the 7th. Uh, on September 1st, Russell uh-huh. Martin got the start and uh-huh. played the complete game. Uh, the Blue Jays lost to the Marlins, which is something that happened in 2018. And Russell Martin went over 3. On September the 3rd, Russell Martin got the start and, for a complete game. Uh, a game which they lost to the Rays, 7-1. to one. And at, during that game, Russell Martin had a walk. And he grounded into a double play. And his season settled at its final line, which was a 663 <laughs> OPS, with that 194 batting average, with a uh, 328, 338 on base, and 325 slugging percentage. September 3rd was the last game that Russell Martin played potentially the last game that he played for the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm going to guess. I would know. Hmm? I would, I'm going to guess get, that's true, yeah. That it's his last game as a Blue Jay. I would not have guessed that early at all. I'm, I am sure. That's why I laughed. I had tried to cover my mouth because I couldn't <laughs> believe. He played twice. The whole month of September, he played twice. So that's uh, that's that one. Not bad. No, so here I, is I, more I, of like yeah. the the varia. These are like the silly, these are silly questions that that also are related to like silly stats that you uh, and I probably don't pay attention to as much anymore. Okay. So I will ask you. Uh, this one's probably a little bit on the obvious side. Who led the Blue Jays in RBI in 2018? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... that's the, uh, it has to be Smoker Morales, right? Uh, it has to be one of them. If you're going to yeah. make a guess, you got to make a guess. All right, let's go with... Uh, did Smoke miss time? I don't... I mean, Morales was... Morales was so bad in September. I will, go, I will go with Justin Smoke. It was Justin Smoke. He had 77 RBIs. He led the team uh, by a not insignificant margin <laughs> over Randall Gritchick, who played 124 games. Oh, Morales wasn't um, even second. No, Morales was a fifth with... 57 RBIs, two more than Aledmi's Diaz. The fuck? <laughs> All right, here's a tricky one because the Blue Jays, especially under John Gibbons, had a reputation for station to station baseball. They weren't great runners of the uh, on the bat on the bases. They weren't stealing bags. Who, in fact, led the Blue Jays in stolen bases in 2018? <sighs> Not something I pay a ton of attention to. Mm-hmm. As a general rule, uh, Kevin Pillar. You're was, right. Okay, Kevin yeah. Pillar. Do you want to do you want to take a shot at the number? Ooh, it's, it's probably pretty low. Probably probably pretty low. low. Uh, did he break ten? He did. He was <laughs> the like only Blue Jay to break ten. Like twelve. He got more than twelve. Huh. Good for him. He he ended up with uh, fourteen. All right, fourteen steals. He only got caught three times. So he was not only was he the leading base stealer, he was also the only one who had any fucking clue what he was doing out there in the process. <laughs> he's um, not a bad base runner, as a general rule. Yeah. No, no, he, he's absolutely not. Um, I like that he stole fourteen bases playing every day in center field. Um, Shohei Otani stole ten, and he's a pitcher, uh, but not really. Uh, here's another easy one for you: Who led the Blue Jays in wins, pitching wins? Uh, it's got, I mean, it's obviously got to be Jay Happ. 
Is it is Jay Hep? Oh, oh, this <laughs> is a real murderer's row. Hold on. Yeah, I, I bet. I bet it's real good. Jay Hap led the Blue Jays in wins. He had ten wins in 2018. <laughs> Do you want to ha- hazard a guess as to who was the second highest uh, win accumulator? Uh, it's got Ryan Barucki, I suspect. It's not actually. Huh. Uh, it is Marcus uh, Marco Estrada, is... who finished the year seven and fourteen. Which is uh, I, I don't I don't think Marco Estrada has pitched since 2016. Actually, I, I don't seem to recall. <laughs> he rode off into the sunset, <laughs> glorious in his ability to throw that invisible to uh, upon which nothing bad will ever happen. Um, here's here's the here's the real where it's just to get real trivial. Who then finished third on the team in wins in 2018? So I, I take it that was, it was not Baraki then. Nope. So it's uh, Sam Gaviglio? No, it is not. Oh. Sam Gaviglio won three games, FYI. Holy <laughs> shit. Didn't he start like fucking 17? 24. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. He What? Yeah. <laughs> uh... The wow. answer okay. to who led, who was third on the Blue Jays pitching staff in wins, you may notice that I said pitching staff because he's yeah, not a starter. It's Ryan Tapera who was five and five. <laughs> that, and is there are, that is fucking There's a grim. whole bunch of guys. Stroman, Sanchez, Baraki, Biagini, Clippard, Axford, O, and Pannone all picked up four wins each. Grim. Who led the Blue Jays in innings pitched is the next question. The last of these for now. These are the non-sabery ones. These I are mean, the, the back of the back of the baseball card questions. Last question. Who led the Blue Jays in innings pitched? It's it's gotta be Gaviglio, I would say. I mean if he made twenty four starts. He made twenty four starts. Okay, well then uh, Hap? No, it was actually Marco Estrada who made twenty eight <sighs> no, starts. Again, again. <laughs> to be confused. I do not. I, I have Marco Estrada I've, pitched since 2016. I'm I'm reading this all wrong. It wasn't back. <laughs> it wasn't Marco Estrada with uh, 142 and two thirds. It was in fact Sam Gavilio, who pitched go. 120. He pitched 123 innings in 24 starts. 20 uh, two relief appearances, uh, San- and then Hap yeah. Hap was, was third, and then Sanchez and yeah. Stroman, who pitched about 100 innings apiece, yeah. which is what you want. From the cornerstone member, uh, members of your uh, of your rotation. Uh, on to, here's another more of a savory stat. So of all the things we could say about the Blue Jays, their bullpen was not bad in 2018. That's the, that is the, we could not possibly damn with fainter praise <laughs> than saying the bullpen wasn't bad. Yeah. So are you familiar with the shutdown stat or meltdowns? Uh, yes, yeah. So, what? hold on one second. So the shutdowns and meltdowns are um, when you what is it? Raise or lower the win probability by six percent. That's one. No, it's when you either shut shut them down or you have a meltdown. Yeah, well, it's that too. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, Somebody else has defined it. I don't need anything more than that. Yeah. Hey, look at. So, 
who in your esteem led the team in, who do you think led the team in shutdowns? Because <sighs> you see, they just, they, they, they kept, they, you know, someone O was very good for like four months and then they traded him. So these stats become mm-hmm. difficult. Uh, maybe Clippard. I'll get, I'll guess Tyler Clippard. Clippard was in second place okay. with 22 right. shutdowns. 23 was Tapera, who pitched the entire season. Uh, not quite as good as he was the year before, but still actually okay. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Tapera had 23 shutdowns, 12 meltdowns, which was not the most on the team. Do you want to <laughs> guess who had the most meltdowns on the team? Uh, Axford, perhaps? No. Oh, good. Axford, good. A- Axford did have more meltdowns than he did shutdowns, but he had 10, and Clippert had 10, Tapera had 12, and then this guy had 13. Be a genie. That's the one. Yeah. That is the one. Yeah, there were some meltdowns, as I recall. Yeah. He is not good at pitching. Uh, <laughs> Real five success story. That's that's what you're sweating over when you you're, <laughs> when you're complaining that the Jays left guys off the fucking forty man and lost them in the Rule Five. Uh, worth noting, uh, Ken Giles was had thirteen shutdowns and only one meltdown as a Blue Jay. He's good. He's real good. He's very good. I would. I would. I don't know why the teams wouldn't be clamoring to trade for. Him. I mean, I guess there's a lot of relievers on the free agent market, but uh, but yeah, Ken Giles is pretty good. Like I, I maybe I'm wrong, but uh, really felt that uh, in his half year here or two months or whatever the hell it was, it seemed like he was fine. I I would I'd buy into Ken Giles if I was a team that needed a fucking guy who throws a hundred the eighth or ninth inning. Yeah, he's really good. I don't think this. You'd have a hard time getting me. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I think he's great. I mean, the, the punch seems like he got his head right a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, it didn't seem like him and the manager there had a, liked each other or whatever the hell was going on there. Punching himself in the face, not great. <laughs> it's uh, not what you want. It's really not what you want. <laughs> the, doc, the, the brand, the brand can withstand a lot of things, but that one is. Uh, that one sticks in people's <laughs> memories, yeah. So, <laughs> so the next one is another savory new age stat, and it is about barrels. Barrels Ooh. per plate appearance. Who barrels up the baseball? So which Blue Jay led the team, had the highest barrels per plate appearance rate? So for some context, I'll provide some context. So this isn't necessarily the best hitter stat. Um, Number one in baseball among guys with 150 batted ball events, uh, Joey Gallo was number one. Chris Davis was number two. And J.D. Martinez was number three. And Mookie Betts was number four. And then Shohei Otani was number six. Motherfucker. Uh, So... And then, oh, oh my gosh. Okay, I almost gave the answer away. Yeah, There's no, a guy. Yeah, he's yeah. right there no, at the, the top of the list. The Blue Jays do quite well in this category. They, they just uh, they have guys who uh, can only do that and not, you know, <laughs> take a walk or hit a single. They mm-hmm. just have guys who hit the ball really fucking hard. Uh, for much of the year, uh, and and probably probably the guy you're talking about is Teoscar Hernandez, but uh, but Grichik and, and Kendrick Morales can are quite high in that category too, I believe. But I will guess Teoscar. So Teoscar Hernandez is actually tenth in all of baseball, second on the Blue Jays. Grichik caught with 
Richard caught him and passed him. Yeah. Teoscar Hernandez had 9% of his of his plate appearances and 9.4% of his plate appearances ended with a barreled up baseball. Um, he has he had a, a little bit lower, 15% uh, barrels per barrel per batted ball event. So the number of times he did end up putting the ball in the bat, he barreled it 15% of the time, which is, which is not bad. Um, but you see the difference is like the number of times some of these guys put the bat on the ball. Like yes. Mike Trout, Mike Trout's numbers are very similar to 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 Teoscar Hernandez's, but Mike Trout walks twenty percent of the time. He get they walk him almost always, and he doesn't strike out because he's the best baseball player of all time. You see, um, but he, the best baseball player that we've ever seen, is one behind, just like on draft day, Randall Gritchick. Randall Gritchick barrel at the baseball. Randall Gritchick had a really good year last year, all th- and especially considering that he was what oh for April. Yeah, no, well, he changed, uh, he changed, I think, where he uh, said his hands, or he changed, there was a little, there, there was a tinker to the swing that I think apparently, if memory serves, he worked on it in spring training, uh, mm-hmm. wasn't quite ready to, to run with it at the start, went over April, went on the DL, and then while he was, you know, coming back after the injury, was like, okay, so he, uh, let's change that, and then it was like, you know, a completely different hitter. Uh, you know, from the one who fucking sucked in April, and everybody was like, <laughs> was like, just, just ready to, like, just uh, complete morons, ready to run him out of town after a month, like they've never seen a season of baseball before in their entire lives. Yeah, every year, every year, every year. This it's like, why do I always have to tell people? You know. It's a month of data. It's not, it doesn't tell you anything. It's like, oh, but he looks right. lost. He looks lost. He looks useless. Look at him out there. He looks lost. It's like another bad trade. Tell. Yeah. Um, and the final question of, from this year's quiz is another bit of like things that you either remember or you won't. And that is which Blue Jays went to the All-Star game in 2018? Uh, I believe Jay Happ was the only Blue Jay that went to the All-Star game. No. You would be correct if that was your guess, because he was the only Blue Jay that went to the All Star wow, game. Did he right. pitch? Yeah, I believe he, he did pitched. pitch. Yeah. He pitched. Uh, he got the save. How could I forget that? He gave up a home run and got the save. Yeah, is, uh, that sounds proof, just absolute proof. Joey Votto hit a home run off of J Hap. It was all beautiful. What an what a way to end the show. So uh, <laughs> For, yeah, forgetting so, about the All Star game. Let's, I, I don't think I watched the fucking All Star game. I don't. I can't remember the last time I watched the All Star game. But, it was on a Tuesday night, so I was playing basketball, and I probably came home and watched it after the, it was over. Because that didn't it go long? It was extra innings, wasn't it? That sounds like a thing that happened. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, probably, it went. It went, well, it went long. It was ten. Ten innings. The, like like many Blue Jays games, not really, but <laughs> like more than I care to admit. It was kind of like uh, I watched it in the sense that I periodically looked at my phone to see if anything interesting had happened. I was like, I'll yeah, I'll watch the I'll watch the condensed version tomorrow. Um, Mike Trout hit a home run. That's how you know it was a good day. So that's it for Birds All Day in 2018. So, of course, number one, we want to, well, number, number one number fucking an hour later, <laughs> we want to say thank you to every single person who listened to the show, who contributed to the Patreon, who talks about us, who shared us. Uh, we had a lot of fun this year. We were on the fucking BBC, for God's sake. So how can we complain other than the fact that that was the most ludicrous waste of five minutes of my life <laughs> that I ever 
could hope to experience. <laughs> Those guys were, they were very nice. We, uh, we, they called us presenters. Presenters! It was so fancy. But yeah, it was, it was, I a, wanted, it was, a, bit, uh, it was a bit odd. The problem was I was on my phone when I, sh- I needed to have one of those like cricket mics that pushes up against the bridge of your nose or <laughs> un- underneath like the underneath part of your nose. So it's all quiet and harsh like, oh, oh my goodness. Uh, so yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun this year. The team was dog shit. So thank you to everybody who stuck with it, who still cares about the Blue Jays because God knows we, we do. That's why we're here. So, so thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for engaging on Twitter. If you send us a message, if you, if you don't do any of that stuff, if you are just happy to listen, and uh, you know, we're happy to, to, to get together once a week. Some nights it's in the literal middle of the night, uh, but, we, but we, we do it because we love it, and, and we do it uh, for ourselves and for you. So thank you to everybody. Uh, Stoughton, thank you, thank you for a great year, a well, great calendar year of 2018. Thank you for a great calendar year of 2018 as well. Uh, this is the most the warmest season greeting I can think of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, well, we can't fucking say Christmas anymore. Can't say Merry Christmas. So, you know. No, no, we can. We can. He said we can. He <laughs> he brought it back. He, what Santa did? No, but yes, the orange Santa. Oh, orange, okay. the great, okay. oh, the great pumpkin yeah. Santa. Oh, good. Brought it all back. Yeah, cool guy. But yeah, thanks for putting up with us and our ha- our ill-informed uh, rantings, uh, both of baseball and otherwise. So uh, so that's it for this year. Well, obviously we won't be back next week unless something happens, unless the Blue Jays sign Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel and go on to win the 2019 World Series. My fingers are crossed that that's going to happen. But if not, we hope you and your family and everyone who you care about has a great holiday season however and whenever you celebrate so uh so enjoy it we'll be back in 2019 on birds all day